0: We'll be in Proverbs chapter number three this morning, Proverbs chapter number three, verse number one is where we'll be lo- starting this morning. And I just want to say once again, uh, happy Father's Day. Today is the day uh, that we honor our fathers. It's the day that we remember our fathers. We remember the influence that our fathers have had uh, on our life. It's the day that we we thank the Lord that he gave us uh, fathers. I uh, was thinking today of my father and all All the things that he taught me, all the influence that he had on my life. And I thank the Lord that this morning, uh, although my father's no longer here on earth with us, I had planned uh, back a couple years ago he had preached Father's Day and I had thought that he might would preach Father's Day again this year. But instead of preaching, uh, he's in heaven with his father. And boy, I thank the Lord that I know uh, without a shadow of a doubt that he is there uh, with his heavenly father and I'm sure it's the best Father's Day he's ever had. And I just uh, thank the Lord for his goodness and Thank the Lord for the fathers that He gives us and the the influence they have on us and the things uh, that they teach us. This morning, we're going to be kind of looking at that thought of things that dads uh, uh, can teach us. We're going to look at the thought of a father's uh, law, a father's uh, law or the law of a father. Now, I was doing a little bit of looking, you know, just to see, uh, you know, if there was uh, some... uh, Ideas about this and I came up with some dad laws. Now there's some certain dad laws that uh, all dads seem to have. You know, uh, one of the dad laws that's probably you've either seen it in your home or definitely in someone else's home is that nobody sits uh, in dad's chair. Somewhere in the house uh, is a chair that is dad's chair uh, and it goes without saying if somebody is sitting in that chair and dad walks in the room, he don't even have to say nothing. They just get up and get out because that is dad's chair. That's dad's law. That's where he sits when he's sitting down. Now, another dad law is if a dad ties something on a truck, if he's getting ready to haul something and he ties something on that truck, it is dad's law that before he can get in the truck and drive away, he has to declare that isn't going anywhere. That's just a dad law. I mean, he has to let everybody know that that is secure. A lot of dads go by this law that they have to arrive early at every event everywhere to miss the rush. It is strictly prohibited for a dad to arrive anywhere during the rush. I mean, this is just a dad law, you know. Uh, Another thing is that dads have to be able to fix everything, whether you know how to fix it or not. You have to know dads fix everything. Everything has to be fixed. And so I'm helping you with that with this toolbox that I've got for you today. I've got you a little toolkit over there to help you fix everything. Everything, anything that can come to you that is a problem, if you've been struggling with this area of fixing things, this toolkit will take care of it. Inside your toolkit is a roll of duct tape and a a can of WD-40, so (laughs) y'all are equipped now. You can fix anything that comes your way, and in case you're unfamiliar with duct tape and WD-40, I do have an instruction manual in there on how to use WD-40 and duct tape, and you will be set on, uh, keep keeping up with this dad law of how to fix everything. And boy, I'm telling you, we could go on and on and on on things that, you know, seem to be uh, specific to dads, things that we laugh about and things that joke about. But this morning, I want to look at a little more serious aspect of dad's law. The Bible speaks of the law of a father. And this morning, I want to take a few minutes and look into the Word of God of what I think that law should consist of. We're going to look here in Proverbs chapter number 3. We're just going to read verse number 1 as a way to get us started, and then we're going to get into the message this morning. The Bible says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each of the fathers that are represented here this morning. Lord, that have made it a priority to be in church. They've made it a priority, Lord, to have their families in church. They've made it a priority to be an example to their families in following you. And Father, I thank you for each one of them. I thank you, dear Lord, for the Father that you put in my life. Uh, And Lord, how that he halt the law of following you and Lord it impacted me and Father I am here where I'm at today because of a good father and Lord I thank you for each one of them Uh, Lord who have prioritized you and tried to lead their family to follow you. Father I thank you for it. Now Lord as we look into your word this morning on this subject uh, of a father's law. Father I pray uh, that it'll be practical. I pray it'll be applicable. I pray to Lord that it'll challenge our hearts and Lord I pray it'll challenge the hearts of the young people. Uh, Lord not to reject the law of a father, but Lord, that they will see the value in applying themselves uh, to the father's law. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us this morning. Bless us in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. As we look into the Word of God, we see here in Proverbs three one that Solomon says, "My son, forget not my law, and let not thine heart uh, uh, for, or, or let thine heart keep my commandments." Solomon is saying there are some things uh, that I have taught you, and actually the Book of Proverbs uh, consists of those things uh, that Solomon had taught his son. It is full of instruction that he had given to his son, and he's saying, "I don't want you to forget uh, what I have taught you." There is. there is reason for what I have told you. Now we could spend a tremendous amount of time trying to look at every aspect of things that our fathers have instructed us in and directed us in, but this morning I want to just look at a few things that I think we should find in the law of every father. Some things that every father ought to be teaching and some things that if fathers are teaching them that young people should be listening to and applying themselves to. The first thing that I believe we should find in the law of a father is reliable. Instruction. Reliable instruction. Now I say reliable because uh, there is a lot of instruction uh, that people are sharing nowadays uh, that isn't necessarily reliable. It is opinions, uh, it is thoughts, it is ideas, uh, but it is not uh, instruction uh, that can be relied on. I think that every father's law uh, should be filled with reliable, or you could say foundational instruction, just a basis of instruction that young people can apply themselves to and followed after. Now as I thought about where we find this reliable instruction, I believe that first of all, all instruction that a father gives to his children should be bible Based all instruction uh, should be Bible-based. Now you say, well, Pastor John, uh, every situation, everything that we encounter, is not found specifically in the Word of God, and that is true, Miss Emma. Every instruction is not found specifically in the Word of God. And so many times uh, uh, you say, How do I base all my instruction on the Word of God? Well, the way that we base all our instruction on the Word of God is the Bible is full of principles. Uh, the Bible is full of applications. Uh, the Bible is full of things that we can take and say, here is a situation. What does the Bible have to say in regards to that situation? Then we can build uh, our, our opinion uh, on the principles of the word of God and therefore all instruction that a father gives uh, is Bible based. The Bible is the source uh, of all true wisdom and understanding. The Bible is the source uh, where we find uh, all true understanding. The Bible was given us to us by God uh, who is our creator. Therefore uh, he understands us uh, and our needs and our situations better than anyone else. The Bible was given to us uh, as a resource to direct us definitely to eternal life but also to instruct us uh, as we live in this temporal life. Every aspect of our life uh, should be based uh, on the truths uh, and the principles of the Word of God. Some of you may still have this. It used to be very common. It seems to be less common in our day, but it used to be very common in homes to find laying on the table a very large copy of the Word of God, and we referred to it as a family Bible and it laid there as a symbol that this home is operated according to this book. This book is the guide for everything that we do here. This book is the instruction and this home operates according to this book. But boy I'm telling you more and more and more the Bible has left the center of the home and the Bible has been placed on a shelf in the home and it's only referred to whenever we find our in dire circumstances. Uh, if we want to give a good, uh, re- reliable instruction, uh, we need to bring the Bible back to the center uh, of our lives and everything we do be done according uh, to the Word of God. Not only uh, should all instruction be Bible-based, but I believe there's two types of instruction a father can give. Once we understand it must be Bible-based, there's two types of instruction we can give. The first type of instruction we can give is what I'm calling tested and proven, tested and proven. There are some things that I have done and I know that it is so because I have experienced it. There was a young man who was looking through his mother's Bible and as he was looking through his mother's Bible, he kept coming across to verses and in the margin was written the letters T, P and all through her Bible he was finding the letters t P and he finally said mother what do, what does this mean it's all through your Bible she said oh those are verses that I've tested and proven those are verses that I have tried out and they worked just like God said that they would and so there are some principles that I can share with my children that I can say this is something that I have experienced this is something that I have seen and I am telling you from my experience this is what works. It has been tested and proven. But none of us are ever going to experience everything. No way that we can ever test and try every situation in life. Every one of us go through different courses of life and so there may be some things that we have experienced and that we can speak from experience about. There's other things perhaps that we've only heard about. So whenever we come to those things, here's the type of instruction we can give there. We can give that which we have received and have repeated. This instruction is received and repeated. What am I talking about? Well, this is something that I have received from a notable, reliable source, and I am passing it on to my children. There's times that my children will ask me a question. Brother Ted, I'll say, I don't know. But my dad always said, I've never experienced that. I've never had to deal with that. uh, But my dad did, uh, and this is what my dad said about that. This is the instruction I received from him, uh, and I am repeating it to you. I am passing on the knowledge that I have received. Uh, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2, he said, And the things uh, that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This is passing. Passing on good information. And We see here in Deuteronomy 6 and verse number 6, it says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. I'm teaching you, you teach your children. You have received good instruction. Pass that instruction on. Psalm 78 uh, verse 5, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, uh, that would be their grandchildren, uh, who should arise uh, and declare them to their children, that is their great-grandchildren, that they might set their hope in God. There's information that has been tested and proven, but there is information that I have received that I can repeat and we can give to our children and the Father's Law a basis of reliable instruction. Reliable instruction. In addition to reliable instruction, I believe a Father's Law should also consist of some resolute... Or you could say guiding principles. There ought to be some principles that a father teaches that guide a child and later an adult's life. It guides the way that they go through life and they need to be principles that are resolute. Uh, Principles that the Father teaches, these uh, are non-negotiables. These are something that directs you wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever avenue of life you pursue. These uh, are some principles. Uh, uh, These are principles that I believe will guide their actions in every situation. Now, we could look at many, many, many principles. But I just want to look at four this morning that I believe no matter who you are, what line of work you're in, uh, where you wind up in the world, uh, these are four principles that I believe every father ought to teach to their children that will help them be people who make it through life. Uh, uh, The first thing that that I want to look at, the first principle that I think every father should teach is that of honesty. I think every father should teach his children the importance of honesty. He ought to teach his children that honesty is prime. It is the most important thing. In Proverbs 12 and verse number 17, it says, He that speaketh truth showeth truth. Forth righteousness In 2 Corinthians 8 and verse number 21, it says providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. In Romans 12 and verse number 17, it says provide things honest in the sight of all men. In Ephesians 4 and verse number 25, it says, Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Thomas Jefferson says, that honesty is the first chapter in the book of gaining wisdom. Honesty is a principal thing. I believe that every father should ingrain in his children the importance of honesty in word and in deed. A father should teach his children the importance of being honest in all things. As a parent, it's always been my practice to reward honesty rather than demanding honesty. I have seen some in raising children who would demand honesty and then whenever they would get the honesty, uh, they would, they would uh, punish the child and cause the child to not want to be honest. Now, I know that there are repercussions to our actions, and sometimes there still must be some type of a discipline. But it's always been my practice that the child would know that if I am honest, uh, the the punishment, uh, the discipline, uh, whatever I'm going to face will not be as bad uh, because honesty is uh, rewarded. And so, boy, I'm telling you what, we need to teach our children the importance of, of honesty, a second guiding principle that should be concreted in the mind of every child is that of integrity. Integrity. What is integrity? Integrity is an inner moral code that guides our actions. Some have said that honesty is speaking the truth to others. Integrity is being honest with myself. Do you know what? We as people lie to ourselves. Far too much. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor John? Well, we know that something's wrong and we shouldn't be doing it, but we convince ourselves that it's okay in our situation. We know that there's something that's going to, that, that we're wanting to say that shouldn't be said, but we in, we convince ourselves uh, that it's okay in our situation uh, to go ahead and say it. And we could go on and on and on. Uh, we lie to ourselves over and over and over and over again. Uh, we may say to ourselves, uh, "I want this new automobile." Uh, now, I'm not at all saying that anything wrong with getting a new automobile. We're just making an illustration. Uh, you say, "I want this new automobile," uh, and then you say to yourself, "But there's nothing wrong with the automobile." That I have, and then you say, But I really want that automobile, and so you begin to convince yourself of reasons why you need the new automobile and reasons why you don't need the old automobile when the truth is. There's nothing wrong with the old automobile and I'm not saying that that's a moral situation at all. I'm just saying there are many, many, many situations where we lie to ourselves so that we can do what we want to do. We have a conscience that is guiding us and directing us through life and so even within ourselves we have to quiet that consciousness by lying to ourselves so that we can do whatever it is that we want to do. Integrity doesn't lie to himself. Integrity is a moral code that we do what is right regardless of the situations, regardless of the circumstances, we do what is right. I believe that every father should instill in his children the ability to be honest with ourselves, instill an inner moral code that guides our actions and decisions. The third principle fathers should teach their children... This is one that I believe is seriously lacking in many areas in our day and that is one of moderation. Moderation. Melissa and I had a rule when we first started raising our children that our children would not be allowed to be obsessed with anything except Jesus. That they could have interest, they could have things they enjoyed, uh, they could have things that they liked to do, but if it began taking over their life, uh, then they would have to cut it out or cut back on it. Not allowed to be obsessed with anything. We love to hunt and fish. Uh, I mean, myself and my boys, we love to hunt and fish, uh, but if hunting and fishing uh, starts taking away from more important things like our responsibilities at work uh, or our faithfulness to church uh, or our promises that we have made to other people, uh, then hunting and fishing Fishing has become an obsession. It's beginning to control our life uh, and, and we don't do that anymore. And we applied this in oh, many, many, many areas. Uh, uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, folks love to play their video games and our children had a few video games. I mean, we had an outdated gaming system and about five outdated games, but they did have some video games, you know, and they would sit down to play their video games uh, and there was always a time limit. Uh, you can only play it for so long Then you turn that thing off and you get outside. Uh, if it's raining outside, then you find something to do inside. But we've taught moderation. Oh, uh, You have to teach moderation when you sit down at the meal table. Uh, there is a thing of moderation. And so we teach moderation. I think it's a principle that ought to be a part uh, of every father's law. Philippians 4, 5 uh, says, Let your moderation be known uh, to all men. Moderation, if you look the word up, it has the meaning of temperance. Self-control, personal restraint, a, a balanced life, avoiding extremes or excesses. Here's the secret to moderation. Learning to be content. The Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. And do you know it's just a little bit of a rabbit trail. I'll try to just run him for a second. Most of the struggles that our world, that we see around us uh, is having uh, is because they are not content uh, with what they have uh, and they are chasing, chasing, chasing everything they can find because they're not content. If you learn to be content with what God has given you uh, and you learn to love God, uh, I'm telling you what, you can live a stress-free life. Whenever you learn contentment and satisfaction in life, you've learned moderation. Moderation can be described as applying yourself to that which matters and restraining yourself from that which is harmful. An example we could make in, in an area that I, I fell at as well is this. Whenever we speak of applying ourselves to that which matters and restraining ourselves from that which hurts, whenever you sit down in front of that cake and ice cream, you know that that cake and ice cream is going to hurt. I mean, not at first, later on. Moderation says, I need to restrain myself here. But if you do dive in and you eat the cake and ice cream, uh, moderation says, uh, I'm going to have to burn those calories off. Uh, That is applying myself uh, to that which matters, getting up and running around the block a couple times and trying to burn those calories off. But you know what we oftentimes tend to do uh, is we allow ourselves to indulge uh, in the things that are harmful uh, and we don't apply ourselves to the things that matter. Uh, You know, we look at our uh, Bible reading, uh, and boy, I'm telling you what, uh, The devil fights you. I'm telling you, the devil doesn't want you to get into his word. And I I work and work and try and try to get into his word more and more and more. I feel as a minister of God's word, I ought to be just completely saturated with God's word and I try and try to get into his word. But boy, I'm telling you what, it's so much easier just to watch TV, isn't it? I mean, you can turn on a TV show. I'm not talking about anything wicked, nothing bad, nothing harmful, just just a TV show, a, a, a sports game, a, you know, a program that you like to watch. And you can sit and watch a program, and you all know this is true. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. This is where we all live. You can watch a program for 45 minutes, hour, two hours. We're not going any farther. And you really don't feel... Anything you know, you might you might feel a little guilty and say, "I I really need to get outside, or I, I really need to go do this or that, whatever it is." But you know, you're in your recliner, that dad chair we was talking about. You're comfortable, and you know, it's the time just goes by, and we fail to apply ourselves to that which matters. You sit down and you say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna read the Word of God," and you're about 15 minutes in. And I mean this flesh has just got the fidgets. I mean it wants to get up, it wants to go, it doesn't want to sit there... And we have to force ourselves to apply ourselves to what matters while we resist that which is not helpful. That is moderation. It is controlling my flesh and making it do that which is profitable. And I think that every father ought to teach their children the importance of moderation. Every father should teach their child how to tell themselves No. It says in Luke 21 verse 34, "...and take heed to yourselves, uh, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged uh, with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares." Galatians 5 lists temperance uh, as a fruit uh, of the Spirit. Second Peter says that we are to add to our faith uh, temperance, which is the same as moderation. Proverbs 25 and verse number 28 says, He that hath no control over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. I think that every father should teach the principle of moderation. Every father uh, should also include the principle of diligence the principle of diligence applying ourselves uh, to the task at hand and boy I'm telling you don't want to run rabbit trails uh, but you talk to any employer and they'll tell you these phrase they've been saying it for since I was a kid good help is hard to find I'm telling you what, finding someone who is diligent, who will apply themselves, uh, who will put their hand to the task and work hard is something that is greatly lacking and it's something that fathers ought to be teaching their children to to be diligent. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with uh, thy might. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, uh, do it heartily as to the Lord uh, and not unto men. Uh, be a person uh, that will work. That is something, boy, I'm telling you what, when I was just a little guy all the way up till I was an adult, uh, my dad would tell me, he'd say, Son, uh, a man that won't work uh, is saring a dog. Uh, he shouldn't eat. Uh, you shouldn't give him any food. Uh, a man needs to be a man that'll work. Uh, and I mean, he ingrained it in my mind over and over and over again. I would go, he'd say, son, need you go over there and get me that board or that hammer or whatever it is. I'd go get it and I'd come walking back. You know how kids are, they come walking back. He'd say, run, boy, run, run. I'd run over there and hand it to him. I'd say, What's the hurry? He said, when somebody's waiting on you, you don't waste their time. You get there and you give them what needs And boy, he hammered it and hammered it and hammered it into me. I become an adult and took a, a public job and began working for somebody. I'd get home, be sitting at the dinner table eating my dinner. He'd say, Son, did you make any money for your boss today? I, I don't know if I made any money for my boss. Well, he's paying you to make him money. If you ain't making money, he's wasting money on you. You need to work harder tomorrow. I mean, I mean, he just preached and preached and preached to me. Diligence. And you know what? If fathers taught their children to be diligent, maybe employers wouldn't have to say, "Good helps, hard to find." Diligence, diligence, diligence. The law of a father, the law of a father should also teach children to have a respectable character, a respectable character, and we'll we'll hurry here. There's three character traits that I believe every person should possess, and I think a father should teach this. Number one, a person should have clean hands. Clean hands. Psalms 24 and verse number 3 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand... In his holy place. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. You say, what do you mean by clean hands? Isaiah 33, verse number 15 says, He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despiseth the gain of oppressions and shaketh his ears from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil, he shall dwell. On high. What do we mean by clean hands? By clean hands, I'm not necessarily talking about washing with soap and water before you eat your meal, although that is a good habit. When I speak of clean hands, I'm talking about what all have you been affiliated with? You know what? Sometimes somebody will come in from outdoors, and maybe it's dinner time, and they'll come in, and you'll look at their hands, and you'll say, What have you gotten into? Well, sometimes you have a little, a little child, you know, and they get wandering around the house and, and they find the, the soap or the shampoo there in the bathtub, you know, and they just squirt it all over the place or maybe they find mama's makeup and they put it all over them, you know, and then they come out and mama says, Have you been in my makeup? Uh-uh. But the evidence is all over them. You know what? There are some people who come to church on Sunday and try to act like they didn't have anything to do with the world all week long, but the evidence is all over them. We need to teach the character trait of clean hands. Keep thyself unspotted from the world. Also, we should teach the character trait of having a clear conscience. A clear conscience. uh, Keeping your heart and your mind clear before God and your fellow man, a character trait of clear conscience. Moving on quickly, we should teach the character trait of Christ-like behavior, and we could preach an entire message on behaving as Christ would behave. But I want to move on to the end of the message. Fathers, how do we teach this law? How do we teach this law to our children? First, of course, by instruction, and I believe that instruction is very important. I think that without instruction, uh, uh, we make very little headway. I have known uh, those who have tried to raise their children with discipline only and no instruction, and many times the children will turn out bitter because they do not understand why they're being disciplined. So I think instruction is paramount. I think it's important that we take the time to explain why and how to our children. Instruction is very important, but I think the number one way that we teach this law is by example. There's been too many. There's been too many smoking a cigarette. Son, don't smoke these cigarettes. They'll kill you. Your actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder in words. Example. We must teach this law through example. What do I mean by that? If we're going to teach honesty, we must be honest. If we're going to have the principles of diligence and, and, and honesty and... And these things that we talked about, if we're going to teach these principles, these principles must be evident in our life. If we're going to teach our children to practice moderation, they need to see moderation in our life. If we're going to teach our children the importance of reading God's Word over watching television, they need to see it being practiced in our life. Example is the number one teacher. We need to have an example. We need to live an example that they can replicate that is worth replicating. You know what? Your children will do what you do. They will become who you are. Now, when they become teenagers, they'll swear up and down that they want to be nothing like you and that they're going to do life completely different than you do. But just just wait, okay? Give them about 10, 15 years, they'll be just like you. They'll forget all them ideas and realize you didn't know what you were doing. But many times, your children... Duplicate exactly what you do. There was a dad who worked in a processing plant and there in the processing plant he would become very dusty. At the end of the day when he'd get home from work he was just covered in a fine dust. One day on the weekend he was out doing some yard work and he noticed his little boy sitting over in the driveway picking up handfuls of dust and rubbing them on his clothes. And he said, son, what are you doing to your clothes? He said, daddy, I want to be dusty just like you are. You know what, if if they will copy us in the way we get dirty at work, they will copy everything we do. Therefore, we need to set forth an example that is worth, uh, worth replicating. We were in the parade, we had a couple, had the bus and then my truck pulling a trailer with the VBS invitation on the parade Friday night. And they let Emma sit on my lap and drive in the parade, you know. And so she, here she is driving the truck, thinks she's driving. but uh, And so we got there, and I'm like, we need to blow the horn. And she just looked at me. She didn't know what it meant to blow the horn. And so I pointed at the steering wheel, and I said, blow the horn. And she just looked at me. She didn't know how to blow the horn. I said, like this, and I blew the horn. You know what? It clicked. And she blew the horn and blew the horn and blew the horn all parade long. The instruction was good, but the example was better. If we're going to teach our children our law, we need to give an example. They need to see us showing them what it is we are telling them to do. Paul told Timothy, be thou an example. I thank the Lord this morning that we have a group of fathers who are examples. Fathers who have lived a life before their children, they have been faithful to serve the Lord and love the Lord. But you know what? I challenge you this morning. Continue, continue being an example. But then the main invitation this morning, I'll say to the children, whether grown children or children still at home, don't forget the law of your father. I imagine any person here whose father has gone to be with the Lord would bear witness that there are many times when they wish they could call dad and say, Dad, what should I do here? Dad, how should I do this? Dad, how would you handle that? Dad, what is your thought here? You see, the older you get, the more valuable you realize your father's law was. But boy, I'm telling you what, sometimes you go through a stage in life when you feel like dad just don't know. Solomon said, my son, forget not my law. It'll save you, it'll help you, it'll carry you. Forget not my law. Men, don't be discouraged. Continue being a good example. Continue living the way that you know God would have you live. Continue being faithful. Let that child see in you a consistency and a faithfulness and an example of godliness that even if they do reject your law, it will be a, a constant reminder of what they ought to be doing. I appreciate each and every one of you here this morning. Let's all stand to our feet. Miss Debbie, come to the piano. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, either about applying yourself to your father's law, or if as a father the Lord has spoke to you about the importance of remaining faithful and continuing to be a good example and continuing to let your children see Christ in you, whatever it is, if the Lord spoke to your heart, Miss Debbie, play on the piano, you come.